0: okay so again i'm greg i'm a compulsive overeater, and um first off i have to say that i'm i'm not used to these phone meetings this is probably only the third or fourth phone meeting i've been on so it's a little different um and uh so we'll see how this thing goes and i will try to uh, stay as focused as possible but the Don't be surprised if I wander around a bit. Just kind of wander with me. Don't try to keep it lineal because it might not go there. Um, Anyway, I I came into this program in 1985, and I did not come into this program as a 100-pounder. When I first uh, started attending meetings, I was probably about 70 pounds overweight. Um, and I had gained and lost that same 70 pounds, oh, uh, somewhere between 8, 10, 12 times. I don't even know. I lost count a long time ago. Um, I came into these rooms on the heels of another program. I, I got uh, Clean and Sober and Alcoholics Anonymous prior to coming to OA. Um, but when I did, like, came here, I, I after yeah, a few months, I got abstinent, got a sponsor, started working the program. Lost my weight and then kept this, an abstinence for about somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 years. And I'd maintained a healthy body weight for about 10 years. And then somewhere along the line, I just kind of drifted away. Um, and then I, I had just left the rooms entirely for a number of years. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I drifted in, I drift out, drift in, drift out for a few years. And then in 2005, um, I got a phone call from a fellow um, out of Leftfield, and he asked me, you want to go to a dinner and a meeting tomorrow night? And uh, surprisingly, I said, sure. Which, why? I have no idea why. Um, if you'd called me the night before, I probably would have said no. If you called me two weeks earlier, I probably would have said no. If you called me the day after, I might have said no. But for that for some reason that night, I said sure. And uh, the next day was a Wednesday, and we went to dinner and then to the 100-pounders meeting in Reseda, California. Um, and at that time, I was now qualified as a 100-pounder. I came into this program originally, my top weight was 235 pounds, and when I came back in 2005. I was 314 pounds as my last recorded weight. A um, couple things about that. Uh, I uh, I never thought I would I would ever reach the weight that I reach. I was always amazed. I I I used to judge people. I used to sit in these meetings and you know when I was abstinent and at my goal weight and think, gee, how could people ever get up to 300 pounds? You know, it's like just stop yourself, you know. When I get to like two thirty, I I get on a diet and I, I lose the weight. What is it? How can people do that? Well, I've learned <laughs> and I had to learn the hard way. So when I came back into this program as a hundred pounder, a couple of things that I learned. I learned number one, that three hundred and fourteen pounds was the top weight that I came in at, but it by no means is my top weight because I don't know what my top weight is, and I hope I never have to find out. I believe that I have a four hundred, five hundred, maybe a six hundred pound guy that's ready to come out anytime I'm ready to go back into the food. Um, it's it's kind of scary, you know. I've heard all along that you know this this disease is progressive, and um, I'm living proof that this disease is progressive. I. When I was putting on the weight, when I was when I had stopped coming to meetings and I was in relapse, it's I could not stop. I couldn't put the brakes on. I I started diet for a week, you know, it would last a couple of days, a week, week and a half, and then I'd be back. And um, I'm a I'm a, a gutter eater. I mean, I am a serious compulsive overeater. I don't mess around. I eat large, large, large quantities of food. Massive quantities in one sitting oftentimes, and I eat, ate large quantities of sugar as well. Um, I was a sugar addict. So I come back into the program in 2005, and I get abstinent. And um, after a while, it took a while, um, but I actually got abstinent at that that very um, same meeting, not this that particular night, but it was at the 100 Pounders meeting in Cedar, I finally get up the nerve to get up and pitch, and I... Uh, Um, At the time, I was having such a difficult time, especially at night, and I talked about it, and I sat down, I went home that night, I slept through the night without eating that through the night, and I was abstinent, and I got abstinent, and I remained abstinent for a number of years, and I lost 140 pounds, and I remained abstinent, you know, it's interesting, because over the years, the numbers blur, the, the, the number of years blur, but Well, just kind of like fast forward. Um, So I I was maintaining a a healthy body weight. Once again, I'd lost 140 pounds and I was abstinent and I was you know, working the program and working with a sponsor and, and doing the steps and going to meetings. And somewhere along the line, I just, once again, just kind of started drifting. Here's the one difference. I didn't stop coming to the meetings. I was no longer abstinent. I, I had broken my abstinence um, and I was eating, you know, all, my thing with eating is when, when I'm not abstinent, I'm eating constantly throughout the day. You know, I could have four, five, six, twelve 12 meals a day. I just keep, or, or one meal that lasts for three, four hours because it's just one continuous graze. So, but I did not stop coming to the meetings. I kept coming to meetings. I had made a commitment back in 2005 that I was not going to stop showing up. No matter what, whether I was abstinent at goal weight or my face was in the trough and I was putting on weight, I was not going to stop going to the meetings. And that's what I did. I kept showing up to meetings. And um, I spent somewhere in the neighborhood of the last four, four and a half years. I don't even know because, again, it's all especially when I'm out there, it's kind of a blur. Um and I was, you know, the weight was going on and it was going up and then I would kind of dabble a little bit, get abstinent for a little bit and take off a little bit and but it was just this yo yo, yo yo, yo yo, but but it was it was it was more a, a one way yo yo because I would very rarely stay absent long enough to actually lose any weight. It was usually a couple of days, and then I was just back out there. I was going to meetings. In the meetings, I'd be thinking about leaving the meeting and binging, and I would leave the meetings and I would binge. But I kept showing up to meetings. I took commitments at meetings to make sure that I would I would um, uh, keep coming back no matter what. Um, and I usually took the, uh, commitments like set up. So I had to be there. I had the key. I had to open up. I had to be there. I couldn't just, you know, decide not to show up. So I would take the coffee commitment, or so I had to be there early, or the setup commitment, so I had to be there early. And I just kept doing this. And I kept coming to meetings, and I kept binging. And I had a sponsor on and off. I would call him, then I wouldn't. Then I'd have the willingness for an hour, and I would call him. And this went on for, like I said, it was like four, four and a half years. Um. Back in February of this year, February 15th of this year, I was at a Saturday morning meeting in Burbank, California, and um, where I had the commitment to set up and I had gotten there early, set up the meeting as I always did. In fact, I kept that commitment, even though we rotate commitments every six months, I refused to give up that commitment. I kept the key and I wouldn't give up the key because I was not going to stop coming to that meeting. And that was my guarantee to myself that I would be there. So, I kept that commitment for a number of years to do the setup, Um, and they would have other people do it too sometimes, but I wasn't going to relinquish it. So I was at that meeting, and I was sitting there, and one of the things that I hate to do, which I'm doing right now, is pitch. I don't like speaking. Um, I like to be in the background, and uh, I was at this particular meeting. It was in, in February of this year, and during pitch time, my head was going back and forth. Greg, get up and pitch. No, don't pitch. Greg, get up and pitch. Don't pitch. And I, that that dialogue going on and on and on. And finally, from out of nowhere, I get a kick in my chair, and I turn around, and it's one of my friends, and he says, "Get up and pitch." Like he could hear what was going on in my head. It was kind of spooky, actually. And for whatever reason, my arm went up, and the speaker called on me. I got up and pitched. And I talked about my the shame that I have around this disease and the shame of being out there and the shame of, of not being able to stop and the, the, the shame of not being able to put the fork down and get abstinent and having all this knowledge and all this program, be, you know, um, years and years of, of recovery and another program and all this, all this stuff that I've been through, but I could not stop eating. And that was February 15th, and I've been abstinent ever since that day, which is, Pretty, pretty incredible. Um, I don't understand why. I don't understand what it was. I don't understand again why didn't it happen the day before, or the week before, or the month before, or four years before? But for some reason, that particular morning, um, I had the willingness to be willing, and I started an abstinence that day, and I've been abstinent ever since. And I just celebrated nine months about a week ago. I did not think nine months ago that I was going to be abstinent for these last nine months. Um, but it really is amazing. And I don't understand how this thing works. Um, but I immediately got, you know, my sponsor and I um, went through the steps again and, and um, using this, it's an AA pamphlet called The Unofficial Guide to the 12 Steps. But it's, the same, it's all the same steps. And it, I just did it around the food, but just using this particular pamphlet. Um, and it was A few weeks after that, that this, uh, I don't know if you guys, where you are, but there's this little lovely pandemic going around that uh, kind of popped up a month later where we wound up in this kind of lockdown, quarantine, self isolation, whatever you want to call it, you choose the term. But anyway, it was a month later um, that uh, things were kind of put on hold. And I went to, I think, my last meeting a physical meeting on a month it was um, on march 18th little did i know at that time that i was not going to be in a, a physical face-to-face oa meeting for the next eight months but here we are um but here's here's the amazing thing the very first day i went to my very first zoom meeting and i have to tell you it's pretty incredible because I started going to a meeting a day on Zoom for the last eight and a half months. I mean, it's just been crazy. And and I've embraced these Zoom meetings. And I, I, I can't even think of where I would be without the Zoom meetings. I get to a meeting every morning. I start my day off every morning with, with a meeting, and I'm so grateful. It's not the same as being face-to-face, but. I never in my existence in any 12-step program ever went to this many meetings. Even as a newcomer, when it was suggested I do a 30 and 30, I looked at them like they were crazy, there was no way. And now (laughs) I go to sometimes two meetings a day. I typically will hit an OA meeting every morning, I hit a few nights a week, I hit an AA meeting. Um, And um, it's just, I I never would have believed this, but I've been in a position now where I have the ability to do it, so I just do it. I am so grateful that I got abstinent when I did. And again, I don't understand why. I'll never understand how this program works. I really don't. It's it's beyond me. But I realized I don't need to understand how this thing works. All I know is this. I go to my truck in the morning and I turn the key and the truck starts and I take off. I have no idea how that truck works. I mean, I know it has something to do with this pistons and there's gas, you know, there's fuel and there's compression and spark and yada, yada, yada. But how this whole thing works, I don't know. All I know is I put gas in that car and I maintain it. When I get in that car, I turn it on, it starts and, it, and I go somewhere. Well, it's kind of similar with this program. I have no clue how this program really works. But I do know if I work the steps and I work with a sponsor and I use the tools that are available to um, to to help facilitate my my process in the program, I can remain abstinent. Do I have a guarantee? Absolutely not. I have a guarantee that if I continue to do what I'm doing for this moment, I should end the day abstinent again. Um, that's based on what I, I did yesterday and the day before that and the day before that and the day before that. It's one day at a time. I'm I'm just convinced more than ever that I have no way of knowing if I'm gonna be abstinent tomorrow. I do know I have today and I had yesterday, but for right now, I have the, the ability to do what I need to do. I go to a meeting, I do prayer and meditation. I do a tenth step every night. I read it to my sponsor every morning. I commit my food Now I never, never, I'm going to repeat this again, never would ever commit my food. I thought it was the most ridiculous thing, committing your food. I'm a grown fucking man. Why should I commit my food? I'm, excuse my French. But that's it's so silly. Well, I've been committing my food for the last nine months, and I have to tell you there's a freedom in it because what I do is I, I've learned a lot in terms of um, certain things that work for me. The black and whites work for me. I, I don't drink or use no matter what. Why? Because I don't have to do it every day. If, you, if I had to have a glass of wine three times a day, I'd be living under a freeway in a cardboard box in probably about three months. But I don't have to do that. Uh, it's black A fourth white. reminder, we have five more minutes, please. Thank you. So I, have, um, I, I work well with the black and whites. The uh, um, I used to smoke five packs of cigarettes a day. I don't. If I had to smoke three cigarettes a day, I would be back to five packs in probably about two or three months. So I just don't smoke no matter what. With the food, it's a little more difficult because, you know, we have to eat. And I've learned I have to make my abstinence as black and white as possible. And that's where I commit my food and I eat what I commit no more, no less. and. If there's going to be a change, if something comes up and I have to change my food, then I have to run it by my sponsor. I don't just decide, well, you know what? I know I committed to have this uh, this particular dinner, but all of a sudden it seemed like a great idea for me to have two pizzas with some pepperoni and a, a side of anchovies. What a great idea. Now, it's not such a bad idea if I run it by my sponsor and my sponsor says, sure, have at it. I'll talk to you in the morning. But... That's the thing, I don't make that decision to have that and then, you know, I, without accountability. Food for me was, um, was a solution. It was a solution to my problems. Food wasn't the problem because if the food was the problem when I stopped eating, then my life should be okay, but that wasn't the case. You know, the first step it says in my powers over food, my life has become unmanageable, life is unmanageable. Well, my life isn't unmanageable because of the food. My life is unmanageable because I, I I have these issues that I tend to turn to uh, other other outside sources in order to fix. And what the the program has enabled me, it's given me a way of living and and the twelve steps to to uh, find a real solution to my problems, so I don't have to use a substance. In this case, food. Um. My my spiritual life has been... excuse me. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, my spiritual life has developed over these past nine months, um, and I'm, I'm once again reminded of something that I heard probably the first three weeks I've ever in the 12-step program. I've, it was I always "never say never," and um, I'm doing things now that I thought I would never do. In terms of my spirituality, I pray and meditate every day, and I'm open to suggestion. Um, One of the silliest things I'd ever heard of was a God box. That was the most silliest thing I've ever, ever heard of. Now, I have a God box. And my God box, what I put in my God box, it's a physical physical reminder and a physical manifestation of my spiritual life. When I turn something over to God and I put it in my God box, the fact that I put it in the God box is my reminder that it's in God's hands now. It's not something that you need to deal with. You don't have to worry about it. And when it pops up in my head, as it's always going to, I remind myself, put it in your God box. Let go. Now you have to let God deal with it. I swear I would never do that. Um, uh, Meditation was something that was very difficult. I had a hard time with the meditation. And at an AA meeting, it's a musician's AA meeting, somebody brought some up about the way he meditates. And I said, oh, that's a great idea. And now I use my music, um, I, I pick up my guitar, and I um, use my guitar and music to aid in my meditation. I've never had a, a better benefit of meditation than I have now, all because I took a suggestion that was brought up at a meeting. So I'm, I'm open and I'm willing these days um, to do things that, uh, that are suggested. And as a result, I've been abstinent. And again, I have today, I have no idea if I'm gonna have tomorrow and at this point it doesn't really matter because I really have to focus on today. Um, I'm grateful for these programs. Um, I don't know where I would be without it. Uh, I'm grateful for the fact that I came back and I stayed no matter what. And if that's the only thing you get from what I say today, it's this. You know, we say keep coming back, you know, keep coming back, it works. I think it needs to be a stronger statement. And basically the thing that I'd like to leave you with is just don't leave. Whether you're abstinent and a goal weight and think you have this thing handled, just don't leave because you don't. And if your face is in the trough and you're eating, you know, 10 times a day and you're putting on weight. Just don't leave. That's the only thing that I think um, I I would hope that you take away from anything I said tonight. Thank you for letting me uh, pitch.